Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina, your host, and I'm feeling a lot better this week than I was last week. Let me tell you, I went to listen to the solo episode that I published six days ago, and my first thought was, damn, that bitch needs a nap. <laughs> um, it's been a hard week, like I said on the last episode, my car was deemed a total loss. And so this week I've just been working with my insurance company and with the shop to get everything in order. Uh, I did decide to take the settlement. And so I'll have to figure something out over the next few months in terms of transportation. Uh, in the meantime, my amazing partner and my family have been helping me with rides and stuff. It could definitely be worse, but it's not fun. Um, I, I've really been running on fumes for the last week. In fact, uh, last night I had the, the chance to sit down and just do nothing. And it's like my body shut down. <laughs> like, is this what my body feels like all the time? Why don't I rest more? I actually... So this episode that you're about to hear is a really good one. I recorded with my friends Steph and Lex of Chasing Childhood. It's a podcast where they literally watch old kids movies and then talk about it. And it's so much fun. Uh, I've listened to almost every episode. Um, In fact, it was because of them that this morning, Sunday at like 8 a.m., I found myself watching Shrek 2. No reason, just wanted to do it. I might not go to church anymore, but you could say that the Holy Spirit has been replaced by a big green ogre, and I'm fine with that. (laughs) So before I jump into the interview I had with them, I wanted to give you all a little bit of an update. You might have noticed if you've been following me on Instagram for a while that I like to publish audio journals every now and then. Uh, So the difference between one of my regular solo episodes and an audio journal is that the the solo episodes are more structured and edited, while the audio journals are very raw and unfiltered. For instance, if I I have a thought that I want to record, I'll just whip out my phone, hit record, start talking, and then forget about it until the next time I'm looking through my recordings and I'm like, hey, that that was pretty insightful past Christina. Um, I was publishing them to my Instagram for a while, but now that I'm doing the solo episodes every other week, I find myself needing them less. Not to say I'm not going to stop making them. Every now and then I might do an episode where I stitch a bunch of them together, kind of like what I did for episode 41, The Bulimia Diaries, which remains one of my top downloaded episodes of all time, by the way. Like, how scary is that? So... I don't know. I just wanted to let y'all know that I won't be publishing those to the Instagram anymore, but I will be doing the solo episodes every other week. Uh, For now, at least. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, now that that's out of the way, I don't really have any other updates. I hope you all are doing well and being safe. I hope you're hugging your, your fur babies tight and doing something nice for yourself because... February is kind of a rough month. It may be the shortest month, but it just tends to drag on forever. And it's cold and dark. Every now and then you get hints of spring, but it never seems to last. So hopefully this episode will bring you some cheer. 
as always, if you want to reach out with a comment, just to say hi, or if you want to be a guest yourself, just DM me on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast, or you can email me at Pickles and Vodka Podcast at gmail.com. All right, here's my interview with Steph and Lex, and I hope you enjoy. Record button move. Oh, record Oh, hello. It started doing that out of the blue and it scared me the first time it happened. I was with a guest <laughs> that I did not know at all. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, hello, Siri, how are you? Yeah, she's retired. Who is you? But thank this you. It's already chaotic and we've here. just started. <laughs> Your podcast is one of my favorites. Like I, I discovered thank it during prime, prime lockdown <laughs> and it brought <laughs> me a lot of joy. My favorite episodes are the Shrek oh my ones. Gosh. <laughs> obviously okay are y'all I don't think y'all are ready for this I didn't even yes. plan this so see this behind me yeah these are the lyrics to Smash Mouth in oh Ara- translated from Aramaic oh my gosh so I'm in my sister's room right now and she's graciously letting me record here and I got her this for Christmas I made it for her and I just noticed it and I was like oh my god how perfect so I love that it was translated by this person named Isaac Mayer. I think they spent like yeah. four hours painstakingly translating it into Aramaic and then back in English. Like, I, oh but my gosh, I, I feel like I should just read it. Do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there was one who said unto me that the universe was going to cause me to tremble, that I am not the sharpest cutting implement in the storehouse. She had the appearance unto me as a stupid one with her finger and her thumb in the frame of a Greek gamma upon her forehead. Behold, the years begin coming and do not cease from coming. Fed unto the axioms and I fell upon the earth and ran. It was not acceptable if not to live for the sake of pleasurable things. Your brain increases in wisdom, but your heart increases its stupidity. A great amount to do, a great amount to see. Therefore, there's no difficult problem if we take the streets of the backside. You will not know if you do not go. You will not shine if you do not glow. Behold, currently, you are entirely a star child. Begin your power. Go, laugh. Behold, currently, you are a master of the music. Begin your singing. Acquire your wages. All that sparkles is gold. Comets alone shatter the frame. It's Smash Mouth's name, we pray. Is that not the most beautiful thing you've ever heard in your life? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Smash Mouth. Amen. Yes, my favorite part is uh, go acquire your wages. I love, I love that. that. <laughs> Interchangeable with girl, it. get that paper. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, the listeners don't know who you are. They just know that you're appreciative of Smash Mouth. Yes. So right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who wants to go first and introduce themselves? Oh, okay. Okay. All right, Steph, you're you're up. Just uh, just say your name, how old you are, if you want, what where you live, like whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. So I'm Steph. I am 28 years old, and I live in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from Maryland, and Ooh. I moved out here. Yeah, about like six years ago. Um, so yeah, just super cool. Came out here to act. Ended up doing that for a couple of years. Got out of it. Somehow found a career pretended to be an adult and now here I am (laughs) that's that's solid you sound like you got it all figured out no (laughs) honestly who does yeah (laughs) not me that's why I have a mental health podcast (laughs) so um on that note I am Lex I just turned 27 last weekend oh Um, happy late birthday 
Thank you. I am also from Maryland. Steph and I are cousins. Um, we are about a year and a half apart, a year and nine months apart. A year right and now. a month. One month. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one month makes all the difference, man. Clearly, I'm not good at math. Um, <laughs> I I obviously do the podcast. I do a lot of design work on the side. Right now, I am a receptionist at a spine and wellness center. Ooh, um, can you fix yeah. my spine? We're so fancy. I can't even fix my own spine. I'm like... <laughs> I won't tell anyone. It's fine. Every day I'm like, can you guys just come over here and like do some on me? And they're it's, like, no. It's like if you need you're a an alcoholic and you work at a bar, you know? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard her before, but I have a four-year-old niece that is literally my entire world. Um, I have two older sisters uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it right now. And y'all have a podcast. I well, we won't yeah. talk too much about it off the top. Uh, obviously, at the end, we'll do all the plugging and stuff. But um, yeah, tell me about the podcast that y'all do. So, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, you, you go ahead. <laughs> you sounded like you were way more confident and everything. I'm like, I heard it in your voice. I was like, you go ahead. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's called Chasing <laughs> Childhood. And every week, the two of us rewatch movies from our childhoods or movies from other people's childhoods that they've, you know, recommended. And we watch them and we're like, do they actually hold up as adults? And kind of look at them from an adult lens, which is really, really fun and really chaotic. <laughs> It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's I've been fun. reliving my childhood through y'all. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice break so, from the present chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we definitely appreciate the support and we of love your course. podcast as well. Yeah. Thank I was you. telling Steph, I was like, you got to listen. She's so good. Um, it's just going to be like an hour of us all complimenting I each other. <laughs> I'm here for it. I mean, I accept the support. Um, <laughs> Oh my God. There's like, a cute little cat in the background. Of she's what, got the zoomies there? right now. Yeah. She's got the zoomies. She's just going in and out. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Steph has but a yeah. cute, beautiful white fluffy cat in the background for y'all. Yes. Can't see. <laughs> she's so cute. I love Libby. She's, very she's waiting cute. for her close up. She um, is. <laughs> but yeah. And then another thing that Steph and I actually um, both have in common is we both studied psychology for our undergrads. Shut um, up. So yeah. I didn't know this. This is like an added bonus for me. Yeah. <laughs> we both are super into psych. Um, Steph, I don't know what you gravitated more towards, but I was more into like sports psychology, like um, regarding like concussion protocols and um, mental health in athletes and everything. So um, yeah, I'm not sure, Steph, what you kind of gravitated more towards. Yeah. So I originally took up psych, um, because I had been diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder. And so I was really, really interested in getting into psychology and just understanding kind of more about myself and what does that mean? What does that diagnosis mean? And then as I got into it, I actually got very much into child developmental psychology. Aww. And so I really like gravitated towards like kids and how, you know, mental illness, affects children, you know, from a young age and how, you know, a lot of kids can't get diagnosed until they're 18. And just like, how does that manifest in kids and what are the warning signs of what to look for? And yeah, I really gravitated towards there. And then I went into teaching like super briefly. I think I taught for like a month and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This isn't quite where I was <laughs> the supposed hardest to job on earth. Besides being yeah. an actual yeah. mom, I think I, I could never do it. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'm just like interested in this as like a hobby. Like, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to like work. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's something that everyone should study, I think, because it's yeah. a part of everybody. Like everyone has mental right. health, even if you're not diagnosed with anything. You know someone who is for sure. And like, yeah. it's just a better way of understanding the people around you. Definitely. And that's the funny part about the whole thing, because like when I was studying a bunch of the uh, disorders and addictions and everything, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this person. Oh my gosh, this is totally this person. This is this person. And like, just totally like diagnosing everyone in my head, diagnosing myself in my head. That's why another reason I think psychology is really good for a lot of people to, um, to research and just study is because you learn a lot about yourself. Um, so yeah. we're like also huge advocates for therapy, like for sure, go to therapy. Um, and even if you don't think you have a problem, go to therapy. Because they'll find it's, problems for you, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> well, so exactly. I usually and ask just, people how like mental health is talked about in their family. And I know y'all are cousins, but did you grow up near each other or like? So my mom uh, babysat kids up until I was about 16 or 17 years old. So Steph and I would spend every day after school together. Um, almost up until that point, up until high school. So we were really close. Like we didn't live super close together, but we had sleepovers all the time. And then um, we <laughs> we literally saw each other every day at my mom's house because she would babysit stuff and her little brother. So yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we saw each other a lot. And then I also spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house and mental illness was sort of talked about or mental health in general was sort of talked about as something other people needed. And mm. it was very much talked about, I think as something like, Oh, well, you know, they just have like depression and it was just kind of like brushed off. And like, that was it. And it was like, well, is anybody getting them help? Is anybody like trying to, you know, step in and like right. you know, be an advocate. And it was just like, you just kind of brushed it off. It was like, oh, well, they're an alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, grandpa clearly has depression and that's, you know, why he acts the way he does. And it, it, there was never like a thought of like, we need help or we can like talk about this with somebody. It was always very much just, oh yeah, of course, you know, that's just explains it away. And then we just rug yeah. sweep it and we ignore it for, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, yeah. the first, I think, time I ever actually realized you could get help for it was, um, we, I'm not going to talk too much about it just cause it's his business, but we took yeah. my brother to therapy when we were kids, um, mm. for anger issues. And it's only like when I'm older, I realized that was actually just like a result of our upbringing. It wasn't really like something, the matter necessarily with my brother. It was just, he, that's how he reacted to the abuse in our household. And so that was the first time I understood it. And I didn't think of therapy or anything about it for like years and years. And I never had therapy until I was in college. Um, yeah. So well, when it you're was taught that like, you can't, you don't need it unless there's something severely wrong with you. And I think right. when you're talking about your grandpa and everything and like kind of brushing people off as their problem, if it were me and I was a kid listening to that, I would feel scared of that happening to me because there's yeah, no solution. Yeah. It's like, Oh, he's an alcoholic. Like, I don't want to become that way. Cause that, like, I don't know. Did, do you guys feel anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think. Yeah. On my end, I feel like it was more uh, like it was more brushed off and it was more kind of seen as a joke in a way. Like I come from a very, very strict household where my dad is this um, like traditional Italian guy who like has anger issues. So that's what I grew up with every day. And like, 
um, like Steph said, there is a lot of abuse that went on, but, um, and they like, anytime we saw someone outside of the household or even in our family with a problem, it would be more like, oh, she's an alcoholic. Ha ha ha. Like let's pour more vodka in her drink during family parties and see her just get drunker and drunker. And it's like stuff like that was more what happened on my end like it was more of kind of a joke and not seen as something serious kind of seen yeah. more like oh this person's weak this person has a problem um yeah. like let's kind of make fun of it make fun of them for it and make ourselves feel better doing so it's not the kind yeah. of normalization you want <laughs> yeah. yeah not at all, at all. and that's like that, I don't know if you can hear the children in the background. Um, oh, that wow. <laughs> that uh, that was kind of our extended family. Um, yeah. Our extended family very much takes like a brush it off, rug sweep mm-hmm. it, make fun of it, make it a joke. And then if somebody actually gets upset about the said joke or gets, you know, understandably hurt by it, yeah. it very much becomes, well, you're too sensitive. You can't take a joke. It's your problem. And yeah. that's also not something you want to normalize because everyone's feelings are valid and it's totally understandable to to have that sort of reaction when somebody prods, you know, your softest point. So mm-hmm. yeah. and we had people in our family who went years without speaking to each other. And that was yeah. another kind of lesson we learned growing up of how, what not to do. Like we kind of are more, if we have an issue, Steph and I will address each other with it or address the person with it. But we've had people in our family not speak to each other for years because different of something that was too. said. Yeah. Like different combinations of people will like, just yeah. like, have a huge blow up out of like all these unresolved issues. And then they won't speak for years and everybody just like, is like, Oh, that's just them. Like, that's just what's going on. Right. It makes me anxious just hearing about (laughs) like, I mean, you had contacted me or you sent me a message around Christmas, I think saying that you like take edibles before family gatherings. I thought that was so funny, (laughs) but also like, it's the same. I mean, I have a big family too. Where yeah. We all tend to joke around rather than talk about like serious issues. Like yeah. I had my brother on the podcast like two years ago and we, we an hour in, I was like, we've been joking around and haven't even touched the questions yet. Like, what is that? Yeah. Let's talk more about that. Yeah. yeah. So when, when so- did y'all start like talking about it? Just among yourselves, yeah. I guess. So talking about mental health or talking about like taking edibles before (laughs) family (laughs) gatherings both (laughs) both so we probably started taking edibles before family gatherings around like two years ago and I shit you not the day that we took edibles for the first time and like at a family gathering we learned the most tea about our family that I think we've ever learned ever it was oh actually God. insane. Well, because um, like all the cousins did it. So like all yeah. of like our generation, we all did it together. And then we all like sat down sat behind a like a pool table <laughs> behind and like in my parents' basement. Like we all thought we were so clever and like hiding. <laughs> and we're all, we- all sitting in a circle. Yeah, so you were hiding each other tea. Adults? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we are adults, but we were acting like we were like five years old. We were just like hiding from them. Like they don't know. That's amazing. We're all so- sharing tea from each family. We like- are. Like oh we all dispersed and then learned something about the family and then came back and shared with the group. It was like my favorite <laughs> thing ever. That's such a great visual. Yeah. It was so good. Just like I mice mean- or roaches or something, yeah. just scattering. Yes. And I thought I think the right and I think the best part about that is that like my cousin had just brought her boyfriend home for the first time. And so like he and like my other 
cousin's girlfriend like were there for the first time just sitting in the circle with us and so like this is their first time meeting our entire family and we're all high and we're just like giving her the most tea just like grandma did this when she was younger and grandma what? did this and it's just like it's insane like they probably are still are they still in the are they still in the fold <laughs> i would not be surprised if we never see them again <laughs> they're oh still God. around they're still around they want more tea they're with waiting for the next gathering. Right. Nice. They're hooked. <laughs> so how often do y'all see each other now? I mean, you talk um, all the time, obviously you have a podcast yeah. together. Yeah. We see each other like twice a year. I think now, whenever I get to come home, I think is yeah. when we usually see each other. Yeah. Cause I'm only three hour. I'm a three hour drive from Maryland right now. So, um, anytime Steph's like, I'm coming home this weekend. I'm like, all right, I'll see you there. I wasn't invited but I'm coming (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's how I am with my siblings we're like Mm -hmm. all up in each other's business I I just moved I'm in Virginia I just moved here from Seattle and like my whole family is here on the east coast so it's so nice to be um even with all the drama yeah (laughs) so excited I am not a west coast girl at all sorry Steph I'm just not (laughs) I mean LA is a different animal for sure yeah yeah um can I just say I was so mad yesterday my cousin did you guys get any of this snowstorm that we're supposed to be getting a little bit we got a little okay so my niece yesterday she got off school completely for the entire day because of the threat of ice it was raining all day and they were like it might freeze over yep let's let the kids off of school meanwhile I was like in elementary school, the literal DC sniper was out and they were like running a Run zigzag pattern. And I was like, she got off because of the possibility of ice, which is like just me being salty, but still. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like kids today are a little more sheltered. I don't know. That's yeah, good and bad. And I'm right? jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like good. Like I'm, I'm jealous yeah. of them. Like I wish we had yeah. had that, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah, I it's wish kind of our rough. school system cared. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm almost I'll be 30 this year, but I was homeschooled, so I didn't really get a lot of the like school experience. But uh, I look at kids now, and I'm just like, look at you with your cushy school <laughs> and your. I, I don't I don't fucking know what I'm trying to say. But. <laughs> it's fine. I got um, you. <laughs> yeah, I went to I went to elementary and middle school in like a private, very Baptist school where like literally we had two teachers that decided to date and the one of them got fired because they found out that they had like premarital sex or something <laughs> somehow yeah somehow someone found out and they literally kicked him out of the church and out of the entire school and then when I went to high school it was a completely different ball game it was public school it oh. was P- PG County public school like where literally one day I was walking down the hall one of my friends was getting arrested another like walked around the hall again turned a corner and there was like a huge fight that broke out it was just like every single day was something and it was basically like I went from being so sheltered and having literally a one hallway middle school to being around like a thousand kids in one grade like that's a lot and what insane. like what at what point did your own like mental health issues start coming up or have you said anything about that yet I'm sorry I'm like all over the place no you're fine you're fine we all are (laughs) we're just like we're just excited to be here and like very we're chaotic on a good day on a good day (laughs) 
Well, yeah, that's okay. We can just chill here and talk about whatever we want. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely started suffering from depression in middle school. Um, but I don't think it was, um, that detrimental to my, I don't even know how to describe it. So I don't think it was that severe. I would just all of a sudden, like the teen angst, I would go to school and be like, oh yeah, I just listened to the new Paramore last night or like the new Creed. And like, yeah, because I feel like in elementary school and like middle school, when emo was a thing, you kind of like, yeah, I kind of like tried to conform to that and like say, yeah, I'm depressed too, but I really wasn't. And, um, I would say that it was probably around my seventh grade or sixth grade year um, that I really actually started getting very depressed because my sisters, like I said, I have two older sisters, they're five and seven years older than me. So um, there was one weekend where they both went off to college at the same time. Oh my God. And it was just me in the house. And all of a sudden I went from living in a three girl household to being an only child, basically. So, um, like I said before, a lot of the anger and, um, abuse around me fell onto me all of a sudden. And so that's Mm -hmm. when I started feeling more like a punching bag and feeling more like, okay, like worthless. And like, I don't really matter. And, um, all throughout elementary and middle school and high school, I literally played soccer all the time. Like I was huge into sports, um, soccer, softball, whatever I could do, but soccer was like my main thing. So I wish I could say that was an outlet for me, but my dad was also my coach. Oh, so, shit. yeah. So Hot twist. yeah. So it was literally like no escape from it. And then it would, mm. it would change. So I would, I would go from being yelled at for getting a C on a homework assignment to, going to soccer practice and then getting yelled at for what I did wrong at soccer practice. And so stuff like that, it just, it definitely weighed on me. And then when I got to my senior year of high school, I decided to kind of take the reins back and be like, I'm going to avert the expectations of my parents because they wanted me to go to college for soccer and get a scholarship and everything. But I really loved softball. So my way of kind of like sticking it to the man was being like, I'm going to play softball in college and you guys are going to have to deal with it. And um, yeah, that caused like a huge thing within our house. That was like, they were like, we spent all this money for you to play soccer and now you're going to play softball. And I was like, I love it. Sorry. Like <laughs> love the guilt. The guilt tripping yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. Very so healthy. it's very healthy. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then I would say probably in college, I started suffering more from like, um, I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but I definitely was drinking too much. I definitely was having too much sex with people that I didn't even know really. Um, and then from there, I think my mental health really started improving when my sister had my niece because I was like, I'm pretty sure Steph could probably relate to this too. Like when you have a little baby that just joins your family and like me and my sister are really close. I live with her right now. Um, when she had my niece, I was like, okay, everything's changed. Like I'm no longer giving my attention to men that I cannot introduce her to, you know, men that wouldn't be good to her. And like, she's I'm her godmom. She's literally my whole world. Um, the whole first year 
that we had her in the house she I act like she's like a dog I'm like the first year that we got her <laughs> when we were crate training her that yeah, was a rough when, time when we she came on Amazon um <laughs> when her Amazon package came I was so excited and um I would literally go from I think I was I would nanny her so I would nanny her all day go to classes for college in the afternoon and then go um go like hang out with my friends at night after that and then on the weekends I would waitress so that's busy yeah so after a while of doing that I I don't do well at staying still um like I always have to be feeling like yeah (laughs) I listened to one of your episodes and you said the same thing and I was like yeah I always have to feel like I'm doing something productive it's really hard Um, dogs especially it's really hard (laughs) um but yeah so I would do all that. And then I started feeling, I feel like I didn't realize how bad my mental health started getting again because I was spreading myself so thin Yeah, that my physical health started suffering. So I developed IBS, which is not fun to have as someone who constantly gets stressed. Mm. Um, and then I also started developing psoriasis on my scalp, which is oh, something that is not fun at all, like itching all the time, like getting dandruff and stuff. So for me, my mental health correlates, um, correlates basically with my physical health, which is a lot of people. But, um, if my mental health gets really bad, I start noticing it in my physical health, like almost instantly. Um, that's not something that's really talked about a lot. Like you think they're so separate, but they're not body knows it just knows yeah yeah literally yeah and like today we were kind of late because I mean I had like like I said before I had a rough week and one of the things that happened was I mean my grandpa's in the hospital right now and yesterday yesterday I had an aunt that passed away and it's it's okay because we kind of knew it was coming um but it still hurts and we're still like dealing with that but I noticed this morning I was like sleeping too much and I woke up and my head was a little itchy and I'm like no like you can your body can smell it coming yeah exactly that's crazy so yeah that's pretty much my journey in a nutshell I have so many questions but I want to ask stuff to like where you were this time and like how your own experiences kind of mirrored or not mirrored what Lex was going through at the time Yeah. Um, yeah. So Lex already said, I grew up in a house with a brother. Um, my, both of my parents were alcoholics when I was a child. So, uh, my dad, especially, um, I grew up in a house where my dad was also a bully, um, a really big bully. He has a lot of mental health issues himself. Like I think a little bit of covert narcissism. Mm. Um, he is very depressed. Um, he has a lot of anxiety and it just manifested in a way that he could kind of punch down on everybody else. And it, I think it was easier for him to especially punch down on my mom. And so my mom also has her own traumas and issues that she hasn't worked out. And so she would then take that out on us. So it was just like a filter down effect. I see you know? a theme here. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. It's a yeah. filter down effect. So, you yeah. know, he, he took it out on us and on her, and there was a lot of emotional, verbal, physical abuse in our household, um, from both of them. I will not give my mom a pass on this because she was equally as terrible. Um, 
but yeah, so they, it was just a lot of that as a kid and then going to people's houses. And, you know, at the time, like I said, you know, when we were little, I would go to her house all the time and my dad would come to pick us up and my brother and I would just fall apart when my, when we would have to be picked up because we did not want to go back to that house. We did not want to go back to that environment and we were having so much fun and like people were nice to us there. And we had, you know, Lex and her sisters, you know, they were our friends and we, you know, felt safe there. And so, you know, we would have to go back to that home and just everything would be terrible. And, um, a lot of it was sort of, I think we would align with my dad because he was the bigger bully. And so if you align with dad, you're safe and you can also pick on mom and you can also pick on each other and you can, you sort of, he sort of triangulates you, right? Like, you know, you're all, you're all going against somebody, but you always have to be on his team. Cause if you're not on his team, then you get the wrath from him. And you mind games, it sounds like. It, it's all mind games. It's yeah. all mind games. And I think and it's all the, survival. I feel like too yeah. on your end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of survival. And I think a lot of it is, is he, I think the worst part is realizing now as an adult that I don't think he knew he was doing that. Yeah. And I don't think he understood what he was doing because he had his own traumas that he was mm-hmm. also trying to to just cope with. And I think kids were a stressor and they were a trigger for him. You know, being a parent um, is the scariest idea in the world. Like, it's so scary. Um, I don't know why everyone isn't more fucked up than they are. Honestly, yeah. 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 And well, I, I think, uh, no, it's not, but, not but all, it's true, yeah. but it's true. Um, I mean, that's a huge thing. I, I'll talk about it in a sec, but like, that's why I got into therapy is like, if I'm going to be a parent at any point, I need to unwork all of this hmm. um, before I even take that step. So Yeah. So when I was a kid, I started to show signs of just like weirdness and my parents just sort of chalked it up as like, oh, she's just, you know, different or weird or like excitable or what have you. And, um, I was experiencing delusions. I was experiencing very mild hallucinations. Um, I had a lot of paranoia, a lot of anxiety, um, my, I would slip into just patches of huge depression where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, nothing made me happy. Um, and then my parents would make it worse by saying you're pathetic, you're helpless, you're hopeless. Um, just a lot of bullying. And when I hit high school, I started to notice that it was really impacting my ability to just do anything. I couldn't sleep. I was having panic attacks every night. I would stay up until two in the morning just because I was so scared every single night that, I, there were demons in my room or things watching me from the walls. And I would just basically have to exhaust myself into falling asleep. Um, and so, yeah, it's really scary. And, uh, it came to a head my freshman year of college when I had a horrible delusion and really believed that my cats were trying to kill me and that they were like plotting to murder me. Oh my gosh. And I finally came to, I like looked it up online because I, I, got myself a computer with like my little like earnings from my, (laughs) my summer job at like a yogurt shop. And I like bought myself a computer and I looked up online and I saw, I like joined some forum and just like posted what I was experiencing. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't feel like this is normal because nobody else around me is really talking about this. Um, And I was like, and I've always been told, oh, you just have a big imagination. You just have a big imagination. Mm -hmm. And when I posted that people were like, you need to go see somebody like this isn't normal. And so I remember like walking into my parents' room and telling my mom, I think there's something wrong. I think I should go. And this is where I talked about my brother saw a therapist. I think I should go see that therapist because I think there's something wrong. I feel like the cats are trying to hurt me. And my mom was like, what, what? Like I, what? Like she, my parents, because they were so focused on each other and so focused on like their 
horrible marriage and they're fighting mm-hmm. constantly. They just didn't pay attention to any of the signs. None of yeah. them. And they didn't notice anything. And so me bringing this up was like fully like my mom was like blindsided. She was like, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean you've been going through this? And it was were like, were you out of the house by then? Or were you, I, yeah, I was in college. So I was visiting home. Um, I think it was winter break. So it's been almost exactly 10 years since Congrats. I started therapy. Like I just passed oh, my 10 year mark. Um, so snaps so, yeah. to you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, um, what we do the, that's what we do in the psych ward. We snap. Yes. yes. <laughs> so she, she actually like just texted me. She's like, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so, um, so yeah, so I brought it up and I went to therapy and, um, I had like a very, actually like bad experience getting diagnosed. Um, the guy who ran the full like psychological center gave me basically tests. I did like an IQ test. I did a test for schizophrenia. Um, and I, I went through the whole test and he kind of talked to me, like I wasn't there, um, when giving the nose to my parents. And so he was like, oh yeah, I ran her through the test. And you know what? I even put in some red herrings just in case she was faking it. And he's Excuse like, just, me? yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm 18. I'm not stupid. Like, don't, don't talk to me. Like I'm not here. Like yeah. that's, that's, I was literally so bad. I was like, that's that is rude. really alarming. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, so I put that in just in case she was faking and he goes, but she blew right through them. She's not faking. Like this is absolutely happening to her. And I was like, but like, that's rude. Like you, yeah. First of all, F you buddy. Um, yeah. especially as someone who runs a mental health practice or yeah. like, that's it's the like, opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I get it. I get that there, that you're supposed to like suss out, you know, if somebody is just doing something for attention, but I don't like the mentality that like, you should assume that this teenage girl is doing this for attention and not because she's actually very scared and actually going through a lot. I don't know (laughs) if you can see the cat is moving the microphone. Something Uh, you said earlier about how kids often can't be diagnosed till they're 18. That really mm -hmm. made me curious because obviously kids have mental health problems. Uh, and I don't know. That's just scary to me that like, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Cause you both studied psychology. You both are involved with children, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the practice as it pertains to children and like how the diagnosis like process is different. Yeah. So they, there's a lot of disorders, um, especially personality disorders that they really don't diagnose until you reach 18 because they think that like, oh, the brain is still forming, you know, the kid could grow out of it. And I think, yes, there are definitely instances where you behave a certain way or believe certain things and you can grow out of it. You know, a fear of the dark, you can grow out of that. Um, You know, a need, a constant need for your blankie, you can grow out of that. But I think when a child tells you that they like my biggest thing that my parents realized later is everywhere I would go in the house, I would turn all the lights on. And it didn't matter if I was going in there for like a quick second, I had to have all the lights on. There could not be any darkness because I had delusions about the darkness. And Mm -hmm. even at 17 years old, I still had a nightlight because I was so scared of being in complete darkness. And there was just, there was just little things. It's like, at what point do we start to recognize, like, you're not growing out of this, you know, you're not getting over this. Something actually is wrong. Um, I had issues. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. (laughs) 
Um, I was just going to say, I also had issues like staying home alone. Like I could not be in a house alone. I would have full mental breakdowns just being in a house alone because I was alone with the delusions and the paranoia. And my mom would just get angry. She would just like call, I would call her and be like, you need to come home. Like I can't be here by myself. We also lived in a house in like the middle of the wilderness. And I was like, please don't leave me here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like, but like she would get angry instead of being like, oh, well, like what's wrong? What are you afraid of? And like, you know, what's, you know, how can we like, talk through this. It was just like, I can't believe this. I, you said you were going to be fine. Like, you know, it was just more anger. And then later when she's an adult or when I'm an adult and I'm talking about it and she's like, Oh, Oh, this was that. And I'm like, (laughs) amazing. If we just pause and ask Yeah, what I was literally going to say with Lex, like you felt like you had to keep busy and do, you know, distract yourself with all this stuff because it was like, you didn't, I I mean, I don't know. Did you feel like, what were you afraid of if if you like stayed quiet? And just like, I think my own thoughts, my own thoughts and the feeling of not doing enough or like, I'm, like I said, my entire, um, my entire upbringing, I basically felt worthless. So I feel like in staying busy and working towards something constantly or trying to, it kind of gives me the feeling of like, okay, you're valid. Okay. You're doing this. You're, you're actually putting effort towards something. So that means that you're doing well. You know what I mean? You scored like, a yeah. goal. You're valuable. Yeah. I feel exactly. like you guys both, you guys both give off like hardworking vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I, I literally, and I'm sure Steph has too. I started nannying when I was 13. Like I literally would walk up the street to this house and I would nanny infant twins and Dude, they're like seven year old. Yeah. And they're seven year old brother. And, um, I even like have trauma from that job too, because like there was one time where, um, one of the babies, while I was bathing the other one, one of the babies had gotten a cord wrapped around her neck (gasps) somehow. So like my instincts just jumped in. I was able to like unplug the cord from the wall and get it out from around her neck, but stuff like that. And now I feel like that traumatizes me towards my niece because now I'm like, okay, she has my full attention. And there was like, one time where my niece fell off the bed on my watch and like hit her head on something. And I was like, I was a wreck for like a week because I was like, this happened on my watch. So, but back to like what you said, um, it's very much one of those things where I feel like if I stop, I'm worthless. Or if I don't accomplish something, like I'm huge at making lists in my head of tasks that I need to do. So if I do not get through that list, I feel like I haven't done enough and I start doing the self-deprecation and mm-hmm. um, I start feeling worthless again. So um, yeah, it's pretty Did much. Did you ever connect over these insecurities when you lived in the same area? I don't think so. Cause there was a little time when we both were in high school and we were both kind of experiencing our own trauma separately. Cause I didn't even know half the stuff that Steph just told you about. Um, there was a little bit of a time period after my mom stopped watching her that we kind of lost contact for a little while. We would always like reach out to each other every now and then and see how each other's doing. But it wasn't until probably the end of college that we actually reconnected again. And we're like, Hey, you were my first best friend. Let's like keep this train going, you know? Like we were kind of like, hey, you're that's when we really like there. Yeah, that's when we really started confiding in each other. I yeah. feel like that's when we really started being like, no, actually, like this is really shitty. Like my dad said yeah. this or my mom did this. And um, we really started to 
to actually like tell each other what was going on because our family, everybody presents an absolutely perfect front. If you, if you are not like fully got it together, um, it's fodder, right? It's fodder for everybody else to talk about or gossip about or, or make fun of. And so anywhere we would go, any type of like family gathering, it was like, everybody has to totally behave. And, you know, my dad yeah. has to like keep himself in check. He has to be the funny guy, the cool guy, the cool uncle who sits in a chair and tells like a quick, quick joke. And my mom yeah. is the gossip, but oh, she means well. And she really like cares so much. And, you know, my brother and I are just off doing our own thing. And yeah, it, it was very much like you have to present this, this total facade. It um, sounds like everyone has kind of like a role they're supposed to play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think even, you know, Lex's family as well, all of the families. And then you'd, you'd go home and my mom was terrible about involving me in adult matters. So she'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, did you know that like your uncle said, you know, was actually doing this or your aunt has this problem. And I'm like, everybody seems so chill though. Like at the family yeah. event. <laughs> yeah. Damn, yeah. That's, no, that's yeah. definitely, that's definitely something that would, that would go on. We would yeah. be like, we would go to a family event and there's one family that would be like, Oh, my, my, uh, daughter played the best team in the state this yeah. weekend. Everyone's bragging. Yeah. Our moms are one of our, our moms are from a family of seven kids. Yeah. So there's a lot your, of it. how your cousins yeah. like, so your moms are sisters. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. our moms are the oldest in the family and um they basically helped raise their siblings because my grandma would work and my grandpa uh, would work and <laughs> hair bunnies my grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa was a character he would um or our grandpa why am I like grandpa. he's only my grandpa I mean um, you can have him if you want <laughs> I'm good. he was a character he was one of those people who had diabetes but kept candy in his pocket at all times and I really yeah, he like to that kind of person. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he I mean he faked yeah. a lot of his like issues a- for a while and, yeah. yeah he um he was an interesting character he would tell you about how he taught Michael Jordan how to play basketball we're and, like no you did not we're just like no, <laughs> oh my God. no. that is untrue sir <laughs> <laughs> like what what are you on so but I do you, like Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's no, you're like, fine. No, ask questions. You all have a really colorful family, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of, I'm wondering when you started kind of taking matters into your own hands and like finding a, like uh, role models, I guess. Or like, when did you start taking charge of your mental health? Cause I, I you said you kind of had sports as an outlet, but that is yeah. kind of charged in and of itself. And Steph, yeah. we haven't even talked about your acting yet and like moving away from <laughs> home. Yeah. We, um, I think when I moved out of the house, when I moved to New Jersey with my sister is when I really um, started taking charge of my own life and started um, branching out and doing what I want to do because my sister presented this opportunity for me to escape from a toxic household and um, where I basically felt worthless all the time. And like, I was a punching bag. So um, I was able to get that release. And my sister would even tell you when I first started living with her, my attitude was completely different. She was like, you were very, um, combative. You were very aggressive. You were very like sheltered off. And like, if somebody, if somebody said something to you, you would always take things personally. And I was like, yeah, because that was the environment that I was in for so long. But now that I wasn't in there, and I was able to escape. I was able to branch out and be who I want to be, and Which kind of look at things from a different angle. Be, you know, that's so true. Exactly. Like, that's a whole and like, 
Right. And like right now I'm still trying to figure out like obviously what I want to do with my life. I'm like 27. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm old enough to know, but I'm too young to know. So it's kind of like I'm in that middle ground right now. But overall, I just want to be a good person and I want to be able to treat people with respect and um, hopefully get that in return. But I mean, I understand. Um, But yeah, I mean, just getting away from that toxic environment where someone would come home from work after a bad day and just make you feel like crap. Like that was the definition of unsafe, but you don't realize that when you grow up in a crisis mode, you're like, this is normal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like my dad, um, I think you spoke about this in one of your former episodes, how you were like, nobody has a job for like 40 years anymore. My dad was literally that my dad worked at a grocery store from the time he was 16 up until about a year ago when he had a stroke. And it's like, up until then, he worked for the same company. And that is insane to me. Like, my parents have also been together since my mom was 16 and my dad was 19. And I'm like, I couldn't even imagine marrying the person I was with when I was 16. God, um, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just like hit myself in the bathroom. Oh no, are you okay? No, I'm fine. It's just, I'm, I'm old. And so my, like, I'm getting, speaking of bad backs, I'm just like constantly yeah. adjusting and like, just don't mind me. I recommend a Theracane. <laughs> <laughs> from my job I'm like Amazon has them there's a gun there's a massage gun that you can well, get. we'll talk after this yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> I'll hit you up <laughs> stuff what like, about is you it, is it your cervical thoracic or lumbar <laughs> let me see oh shit I don't know <laughs> but yeah sorry um stuff what about you like when did you start kind of taking charge of your mental health um So my outlet was theater. No surprise. Um, I started, I did my first ever school play when I was like five, maybe six. Um, so, and then from there I joined like a local theater group. Um, I love to sing, I dance. So I was very artistic. Um, Mm -hmm. I did sports here and there, but like nothing ever really stuck until I hit cheerleading, which is ironically a combination of like gymnastics and dance, which is already what I wanted to do. Um, so I did competitive cheerleading less, like we did some sidelining when I was in, uh, high school, but like we were competitive. So like we would travel around, we'd go to competition, very bring it on. If you've seen bring it on very much (laughs) listen to our bring it on episode. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it was just a lot of competition. So that really kept me busy. It gave me an outlet with friends and everything, but like Lex, I don't think I really understood or took charge until I left home. So I left home at 18. So I, once I got to college, I did not move back in with my parents at all. I think um, we all have that in common. Yeah. I yeah. just, I was out. Um, yeah. I, would come home for like, you know, breaks, but I didn't have anywhere else really to go until my now husband at the time, he was my boyfriend, um, until he got his own place off campus. And then I would stay with him for a lot of it. Um, that actually ended up being a major meltdown with my mom, because as I started to really pull back and be like, no, I'm my own person. And these are my boundaries and I'm an adult now, and I'm making decisions for myself. She really could not handle like letting go of that and being like, oh, you I have no input now. And the only input she had at the time was financial because I was paying Mm -hmm. for my room and board at school. And then my parents were taking out loans to pay for um, my, my education. And I went to a state school and I went to like a commuter college. So it wasn't like it was massively expensive, but I couldn't have paid for that on my own because I was 
I had been so far, like so far under her thumb that like, I didn't know how to do anything like that for myself. I didn't know how to get like a really cool part-time job other than the one that I had on campus, which didn't pay a lot. That's the thing. No one does. And they don't teach you without a ton of older siblings or like cousins or whatever to look up to it. No one really knows what to do. You, we kind of have to stumble into it. Right. You have to stumble into it and you don't know what to do, but then everybody's mad at you for not knowing what they didn't teach you. And that was a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, They're always mad at you. It's all, they're always mad at you. And it's like, well, you, nobody has taught me how to do this. I don't know what I'm right. doing. Um, so, so yeah, so I it ended up being a major falling out because between junior and senior year, I wanted to move in with him. Um, it was, he plays rugby. So it was the rugby house and he was captain and of the team and everything and president. And, um, and so he was like, I, you can just move in with me. It's fine. Like you can pay like a little bit of rent. His mom owned the house. His parents were like dipping into like the real estate market. So they own the house. And so he was like, you can just pay like a little bit of rent or just clean. He goes, I don't care if you just clean up after all these boys, like it's fine. Like that'll be that your sounds rent. like a decom right there. Right. <laughs> right. I did. I, after co- I mean, after college, I did move in and I cleaned up after like five boys constantly. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's traumatic. Uh, um, but yeah, but it would ended up being a whole thing. My mom told me that she wasn't going to pay for my senior year of college, that I would have to drop out, that I wouldn't be allowed to graduate if I moved in with him before he proposed to me. And she's like, you can't move in with him. He hasn't proposed. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to pay for your college. It was a huge fight and it was so manipulative and it was like so combative. And all I really wanted, I was like, I just think this is like a smart move. And like, I want to move in with him. I know I'm going to get engaged to him. And I did senior year. So it was like, yeah, it ended up not mattering, but, and, and once what literally once we got engaged, I moved everything out of my on-campus apartment and in with him. Like it was a yeah. whole thing. And I was like, yeah. what was the point of this? I waited six months. Like, come on. It's going to have been six like, months that I saved money. <laughs> sometimes young people right. know, like trust young people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people I'm act like I don't remember what exactly you said just now. Like, be, they're mad at you for not knowing what they didn't teach you. Yeah, it's so true. And I don't know. I know so many amazing young younger people. Like my two younger sisters, they're like eight and ten years younger than me, and they are killing mm-hmm. it. And they're yeah. struggling and figuring stuff out. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so that's, that's was like my first big boundary that I think I ever tried to like Mm. set with her and it exploded so dramatically. Um, and then I think more came as I got into like the wedding planning process right after college and, um, all of that. So, and then literally God, like five months after we got married, I was, we were like, we're moving to California and yeah, that like literally like that whole summer we just started doing it. And that was a huge, another huge boundary. Cause they, they were like freaking out. They were like, well, you're not going to be around. What are we going to do? What yeah. if you have yeah. kids, we're not going to see them. And I was like, I'm literally 22 years old. Like we, let's, let's <gasps> oh not my God, jump that's ahead. Crazy. That's yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was, a, I was like a child bride. Like yeah. I was a baby. Um, so, so yeah, so we, so we moved across the country and ever since then it has just been like reinforcing boundaries and there's been blowups since then. Like my mom has had issues with just not being in control anymore, but yeah, it's been just a lot of training her. And I think at some point my therapist and I transitioned out of like talking about my schizoaffective disorder and then eventually transitioned to, she's like, you have a lot of like trauma. Like I can tell you are a child of trauma. And she's like, I think we need to unpack this. And so ever since, like, I think the last like four years, five years has been a lot of like boundary setting, unpacking childhood, unpacking like a lot of the abuse and, um, 
I feel like I've gotten so much more even out of like this last five years than I did. Like when we were talking about like ways to <laughs> help the yeah. schizoaffective disorder, which was important, but like, this has been like way more useful and eye-opening. But it for took me, you that time to get there. Like these yeah. things can't happen overnight when you grow up with right. this stuff as a child. Yeah. I mean, Lex, like what, where are you now with your process with, with that unpacking your childhood, so to speak? Um, I think I, the nervous <laughs> so laugh. Like, <laughs> and it's okay to not be also okay here, like, right now, freezing. you know, like, I don't want to turn the heat on in my car. Cause I don't want to like have the sound from the heat going. Oh like, my God. Are mic. you freezing? But I'm like, oh, can you see that? Like, can you oh see my it? God. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, right now I am still unpacking a lot. Um, one of the biggest things that I've been struggling with recently is, um, dealing with a lack of empathy growing up because, mm. um, I find myself sometimes if someone comes to me with an issue, um, I kind of, um, selfishly on my part, I kind of think more like, oh, well, my first thought is suck it up. My first thought is you can like, you can get through this, just stay strong, which is like easy to say, but um, kind of invalidates someone else's emotions. And I need to get better at that. That's one thing that I've been working at a lot recently because growing up, I didn't have empathy from well, look at anyone your family. in my family. You know, it sounds yeah. like there wasn't a lot of empathy there with you all. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, there was one time during a soccer game where I literally broke my jaw and my, and I came running off the field and we lost and I got yelled at because we lost. Oh and God. I was literally sitting there like holding my jaw in so much pain. And then when I got home, like my older sisters, like I said, comedy is something that we all kind of use to get over our traumas. And uh, my sister would like, I had broken my nose before and she would like do this thing where she was like, I'm Lexi. <laughs> and like, it was like, I was so mad at the time. Now I kind of look back and laugh because it is, it is kind of funny to like look at someone who had like a broken jaw and a broken nose, but then like, there's the lack of empathy. There's someone yeah. who literally kicked me while I was down. So stuff like that happened a lot growing up and I'm sure you well, have siblings you can relate, yeah. but it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, my dad used to say, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And I'm like, literally now all I try to do is be more empathetic and like try to not pass that on to anyone else but it's it's very hard because that's the whole upbringing that I had that's a good so. kind of final point to talk about I guess is humor and the role humor has in all this because y'all have a yeah. you know you have your your podcast is funny it's entertaining but you know some of you both have gone through and continue to go through a lot of trauma and humor kind of is a double-edged sword, I think. Yeah. For for you, Lex, at least. And, you know, it sounds, it sounds like both of y'all. So yeah, I don't know. Do you ever find yourself still slipping back into that habit of laugh, like joking about it too much or I don't know what I'm trying to ask. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. I, I think I went through like a really long period where I used a lot of self-deprecating jokes mm. and I mean, I still do sometimes, but like, I'm trying yeah. to like really practice now using actually like the opposite where I like have like God complex jokes or I'm like, actually I am the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, it's helpful. Cause if I use yeah. the self-deprecating jokes, they are almost too borderline. What I yeah. used to yeah. hear growing it's up. Too hard to, it's too it's a home. lot. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I, I do find myself kind of sometimes like I, 
I feel like now I have a very morbid sense of humor. So yeah. like, it's like the weirdest things make me laugh now. Um, and I do realize that like some of that is, is stuff from my childhood or like rooted somewhere in my childhood. But like Steph said, I've been trying hard to kind of focus that more into um, like less deprecative th- uh, comedy. Um, I'm sure I mean, one of the things that sticks out the most to me is when we were at my grandpa's funeral, my grandpa, who we brought up before, and we were kind of like, um, we were all like laughing at the funeral parlor and everyone was like, like everyone who didn't know us were kind of like, what the hell is going on? And we're just like, we're sharing stories and we're like, yeah. Hey, um, like, remember that time grandpa blamed a bunch of mice on stealing the Christmas candy, but like really he ate all of it. And like, just like stuff like that. So I feel like humor in a way can be very bad if used the wrong way. Uh, But I also feel like humor in a way is very therapeutic. Um, At least in my sense, I feel like therapy, um, (laughs) therapy, I feel like comedy is very like, hey, this bad thing happened to me, but I'm going to try and remember the funny times that I had with this person or the things that made me laugh about this person or um, like, I'm going to try to find some sunshine in this, in this darkness, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah. So for me, comedy in stressful situations is kind of one of those things that does bring joy or um, is kind of like a, uh, what's it called? A, a, coping mechanism you know yes <laughs> all, yeah. all three of my brain cells are like firing right now. <laughs> yeah right so yes I think like Steph said if you're doing the self the self-deprecation um comedy and you're kind of like picking at yourself and doing it in like a negative light it it definitely picks away at your mental health but if you try to keep it more positive and focus on the good things that's um that's more helpful you know that is such an amazing segue because I wanted to ask about I mean obviously your podcast chasing childhood it's great I think it captures the beautiful parts of childhood because we all you know you suffered a lot of trauma but I like that you can go back and focus on the beautiful parts and you can laugh about it and yeah um, I I just love the relationship you two have as podcast hosts like you you do both (laughs) have very like different senses of humor but it's also complimentary um, yeah. I, I love it and well, it's very you. wholesome. And I wanted to ask before we say goodbye, uh, thinking back to your childhood selves is like, what, Oh fuck. I can't, let me try to think, uh, say this in a way that makes sense. Um, what is something that you have done today that your childhood self would be most like surprised and or proud of for your mental health specifically? It is a hard question. I know. I I, I need approximately thirteen point five. Oh my god! There's minutes. a cat. There's a cat <laughs> just off screen. I can is see Libby the there? Where's <gasps> Libby? Hi. Can you say hello? Oh, you just want to be. Pet. Is that okay. what's their name? Libby. Liberty. Yeah. Oh, Liberty. <laughs> that yeah. <was> yeah. <laughs> Liberty. Yeah. She was born She's on the fourth so of precious. July. So. <laughs> she's the cutest that's one thing I was sad about having to be in my car I was like you don't get to see my dogs they're like literally <laughs> oh the main characters of my life they're so cute next time um, I can come um, on y'all's podcast and we can talk yes. about it. So oh my god that'd be so fun that'd yeah. be awesome I have a few um, ideas for movies to cover but um, ooh. but anyway okay. back to you're not getting yeah. coming soon so everyone coming soon yes. um, <laughs> but yeah um I think I would be most proud of 
behaviors and toxic reactions that I have unlearned. Um, I think I would be most proud because I think like Lex, when I first got out, I was very combative and I had a lot of really bad habits. Um, yeah. You know, I drank too much. I partied too much. I wanted attention from so many people um, that I didn't get and the validation I didn't get. And I think the fact that I can self-validate now and that I can I can tell myself, like, you actually did a really good job at this. And actually, yeah. like, you handled this situation really well. And you had the right amount of compassion and the right amount of care. And you have friends who are actually your friends because they like you um, and because they like what you bring. And you're a good friend to people and you're a good sister to your brother and you're a good wife to your husband. And, you know, just there's just so many things that I think I still sometimes not perfect. I still catch myself doing things and responding in ways that, like, I know my mom would respond or my dad would respond. Yeah. And, um, that's but I think, happen. yeah, just Our like parents are part of us, you know, yeah, as yeah. to admit it, like that's just, yeah, I think yeah. allow them, allow their traits to be part of you and know that like they helped construct you, but you don't have to turn into them, you know, mm. yeah. you don't, you don't have to, if you don't want to. And yeah, I'm just proud of myself for like making the boundary of like, I moved across the freaking country at 22 yeah. years old and I made an entire life for myself and I established boundaries and made healthy decisions. And I'm still in the mentality of like, I can keep growing. Like you can never stop growing. So yeah, yeah. Never stop think, growing. Yeah. All of that. Like, I'd be super proud of myself. I'm like trying to like say nice things to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Here for this. Here for this. <laughs> all right. I think, I think on my end, it would probably be um, very similar to what Steph said, but more um, becoming more independent and trying, like you, like Steph said, the validation aspect of the whole thing. Like, I feel like I still sometimes fall into that where, um, I call my mom if I have a question about something, or I call my mom, if I feel like, like if I have a job opportunity, she's one of the first people I turn to that I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? But just knowing and reminding myself constantly that, Hey, you're an adult. You can actually make these decisions for yourself. Now you don't have to ask anyone else right now you don't like, need permission you, yeah, yeah you don't yeah. need permission for that's one thing like there's nothing wrong with asking for advice but, yeah you know, if you rely 100 percent on that and don't trust yourself that's like a another issue right right but um I definitely do find myself um almost in the same way that my grandpa used to where he kind of like shot himself in the foot a lot of times and he mm. was like hey I'm a diabetic but I'm still doing this like over the pandemic I'm like I want to eat healthier, but then I find myself ordering like Taco Bell and stuff like that. So Dude, I'm that's like, all of us in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the panini doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where like I'm still working on trying to, like I said before, be more empathetic and then also more self-care. You know, like I need to, I need to yes. take care of myself because if I don't, I'm gonna end up the same way he did. Um so Whoa, that's sobering. Those, those are definitely yeah. things that I'm trying to work on now, but for, for younger me to look at myself now and be proud, I would probably say, um, the fact that I haven't given up yet or fully given into, um, the, the trauma from my childhood. Cause it was very easy for me to, to stay. I feel like yeah. one thing about people, um, uh, from our, from where Steph and I are from is I feel like it's one of those places if you live there through college you, you kind of get stuck there you never you leave. don't leave my parents didn't leave they met there they grew up there they're not leaving anytime soon so um, a lot of my friends have been stuck there so I feel like 
younger me would be proud of just leaving and trying to make a new life for myself somewhere else where no one knows me, you know, like, I think that's kind of invigorating and kind of exciting, like going somewhere new and being like, no one knows me here. I get to write my own narrative. You both did that. That's hard. Yeah. So it's actually really funny. My mom for all the crap she gave when we moved actually told me, I think it was like a year ago. She mentioned on the phone, she was like, you know, I'm actually really glad that you guys went out and like moved across the country. She goes, because now you guys actually do have lives that are so separate from everybody's and for yourselves. My mom is doing like a lot of healing right now. So she is also like starting to like make sense. Um, (laughs) but yeah, but she's so, but she was like, I'm just really like happy that you guys did that because now when you guys come back, you guys will be separate, independent people from everybody else. And I think there will be still like a growth period where she's going to think that like, I exist only for her as like an emotional support animal again. But I think, I think that, um, I think it was just like sobering. Cause I was like, for all the crap that we got for like moving away and everybody being like, this is such a betrayal to now hear like, actually, this was actually a really good thing that you did. And I'm actually happy that yeah. you did it. Like, it was so like, I didn't need the validation from her, but it was nice to hear that. Like, yeah, I did make the right choice. And, um, you know, it, everybody knew at the time, I think that it was a good choice. They just didn't want to accept it. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm proud of us. Look at us. <laughs> How what amazing! Look at you. Yeah, look at us. Go. Um, where can people find you on Ooh. the socials? Oh uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Go look at our selfies. Um, so we're at Chasing Childhood Podcast on Instagram. Um, we're also at just the words Chasing Childhood on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you can follow both of us. I think both of our personal URLs are in the Instagram bio. So you can, yeah. follow, I don't want to have to like spell our last names. I know. Our last I know. Names are very you, long. you don't have to do that. I know. <laughs> Steph and I both suffer from that last name thing where no one knew how to say our last names growing yeah. up. So very like, Italian and very Polish. Yes. Like they're both. <laughs> yes. I would get DiGiorno all the time. Yes. I'm like that's just racist stereotyping oh my god terrible oh my god um Um, but yeah so we we definitely found a creative outlet in our podcast we take a lot of pride in it we we both love film and we both love um watching stuff that we used to watch growing up and making fun of it basically so if you guys like that kind of thing definitely check us out yes it's amazing you you make me watch a lot of movies (laughs) I remember you did one on fucking shark tale and I was like like, no one else like I haven't thought of that movie in like a decade and it was I thoroughly enjoyed it so yeah if (laughs) if you can think of a movie from your childhood no matter how obscure they've probably covered it or will cover it yeah or will cover it and you take suggestions too right we do yeah we love suggestions dm us like literally just pop into our dms and be like hey you guys are annoying you haven't done this movie we'll be like you're right you're completely right we will do it right now awesome (laughs) love that well do you have anything to add before we say goodbye thank you so much for having yeah. us yeah <laughs> yes. I, I, like, I still you. i still have like shock i'm like i'm almost starstruck i'm like we're here I know. Like, we're that's how i feel are you right? talking to her right now <laughs> yeah because we really only connected through instagram like we've liked each other's posts constantly and when you were like we're looking through for new like hosts this next season i was like yes 
Stop it! Dude, literally, <laughs> I will talk to anyone and everyone. Everyone has a story. Yes. I totally believe that. Uh, it's just important to have the conversations and laugh at ourselves, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm just a 30-year-old so so with much. back problems, you know? I'm just a normal person. <laughs> I'm just an addict with bat problems and two cats and uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, where are your cats? Are they? They're not by? here. I'm at my them? parents' house because they have my. I live in a tiny apartment with like hardwood oh. floors, so the acoustics are terrible. Mm, so I have bad. a habit every Sunday. Um, I come here to record, and I just happened to be here today. I was like, might as well just do it here. Hey, that's yeah, nice. It's it's like you're. You said you're cold. I'm I'm hot. It's like boiling in yeah. here. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, my and like the only reason why I'm freezing and I'm in my car. My sister decided to vacuum the entire your house like two minutes before we joined the zoom call and I was like no I gotta go like I was like what gotta go it's fine like the thing about podcasting is I'm sure you all know it's never perfect there's I have so much respect for people who like podcast full-time and work and all this stuff I don't know how they do it because I only I I just devote like one or two days a week to it and I can barely do that yeah a hundred percent yeah it's not perfect and that's fine you know and y'all sounds great anyway so thank you yeah Thank you. Thank Check you. out Chasing Childhood, y'all, and oh, say goodbye to Liberty. Liberty is the I star know, right? of this show. She, she really is, is so cute. Yeah, uh, you guys can watch this on YouTube and see Liberty in person. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you all know right. what? Just like just zoom, like go all the way to the end so you can see Liberty, and then go to the beginning and listen because <laughs> like it's what she deserves. Yeah, really uh, agreed. We'll all, I'll, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good night, I guess. An afternoon, night. You too. Yeah. You too. And yeah, what I'll... time is it there, Steph? Uh, it's like um, it's 11.20 in the morning. Oh. <laughs> Three hours behind. I was going to say, it's 5.20? Like... Yeah, no, but you're so close. <laughs> Snaps for life. Yay! Live in the dream, guys. All right, y'all have a good one. Bye. You too. Thanks. You too. Bye. Hello friends, it's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today, or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at picklesandvodkapodcast. Stay safe and have a good week. Bye.